the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Did you see the circus today in Washington? Yeah, Hunter Biden showed up at the House uh, during a markup meeting where Republicans on the Oversight Committee are working on a resolution to hold him in contempt of Congress. Well, then he got up and bolted out when uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene tried to ask him a question. Washington, D.C. has become a clown show. You know that. And for me, it's pretty simple. Uh, it's really simple, actually. Uh, no matter which party you belong to, when you see stuff like what happened today, how could you ever vote for anybody who thinks these clowns need to have more influence on your life? Today was just another advertisement for draining the swamp. Meanwhile, speaking of swamp creatures, uh, Nikki Haley seems to be moving up in the polls, and someone was nice enough to put together a little compilation of her greatest hits to show that, well, she shouldn't be. I would not run if President Trump ran. I'm Nikki Haley, and I'm running for president. I will not, not now, not ever, support raising the gas tax. Let's increase the gas tax by 10 cents over the next three years. A huge issue that I'll deal with as soon as I get there is social media. They need to verify every single person on their outlet because, and I want it by name. I never said government should go and require anyone's name. I think China's been a really great friend of ours. Yes, I view China as an enemy. That was um, not what I intended to say. I do not think we need to pull money from the U.N. The U.N., the only thing is we would defund the U.N. as much as possible. When a 12-year-old child in this country assigned female at birth says, actually, I feel more comfortable living as a boy, what should the law allow the response to be? Well, I think the law should stay out of it, and I think parents should handle it. I think there should be federal involvement. You should not have any gender-altering anything done to a child before the age of 18. No thanks, uh, Nikki. I'll pass. Uh, anyway, when we come back, Socialist uh, Summer Lee, she's a uh, representative uh, in Congress from uh, Western PA, in case you didn't know, and she's a, an actual socialist. Yes, that's right. People voted for her, and she's a socialist. Well, she's bragging about uh, using your money to buy electric buses for Western PA, and we'll talk about what a bad idea that is. And in our second half hour, you knew that there were very few Republicans working in the media, but you may be surprised to hear just how small those numbers are based on some research done by Syracuse University. Stick around. Summer Lee is a socialist. She was actually elected to Congress by people who live right here in western Pennsylvania. You may know some of these people who voted for her, but anyway, she recently tweeted, quote, I am so proud to announce that in my first year in Congress, I brought home over $1 billion to build infrastructure, clean our air and water, lower costs, create good-paying jobs, 
affordable housing, and more. So what could go wrong? Well, we'll see about that. Daniel Turner is the founder and executive director of Power of the Future, and I wanted to bring him on to talk about something that Summer is really proud of. Daniel, thanks for coming on. Always a pleasure, John. Thanks for having me back. So I'll just uh, read you the tweet, uh, Daniel, and you can take it from here. I I can probably leave and come back in about 20 minutes, but we won't do that. Uh, (laughs) Okay. here's, Here's the quote. I'm proud to announce that Pittsburgh School District will soon have a new fleet of zero-emissions school buses. This is about more than just transportation. In a region with some of the highest pollution, it's a commitment to a future where our kids can breathe clean air, unquote. Mm. There you go. There you go. Um, And it is a good thing that Pittsburgh um, has so many sunny days. It rarely gets snow, and it's not really a hilly place either. If it had any of those things, EV buses would be a problem. But luckily, Pittsburgh is flat. Right. Um, it, it gets sun almost every day of the year. I mean, it's ridiculous. If you have looked into the electric bus craze, you'll see that most places have actually gotten rid of them because they don't work. And they don't work exactly for the reasons I mentioned. They, they don't generate enough power to go up and down hills. They don't work in cold weather. Um, it's it's nonsense. And, you know, summer, nor can anyone else in the great Commonwealth of Pennsylvania point out any specifics. They just say things like known to have pollution. Well, where? Why? What what is Pittsburgh's pollution relative to other places? Youngstown, Ohio doesn't claim to have such terrible pollution. Is it that far away that it's a completely different world? So you, you just get to lie when you're a politician. You just get to make up facts. You get to make up truths, and then you propose solutions that you pray to God get you reelected. And in this case, a billion dollars worth of crap the people of Pittsburgh don't need, and they're hoping that's enough to send her back to Congress for another two years. Well, the fact that she's she's a socialist and she got there in the first place is really scary. And I don't know if you're aware of it, uh, but the uh, the fine people of Allegheny County also just elected a socialist to be the uh, county executive. So they're yeah, going to yeah, have a nice time here for the next few years um, because these people only care about you and me. Well, not you because you don't live around here, but they only care about taking care of me. And it's just it's nauseating that they, these people even um, get three votes. And, and now we're at the point where they're being elected to office. Yeah. Um, and, and their math never adds up. And that's the problem. I mean, Margaret Thatcher said it best that they run out of other people's money, but mm-hmm. they also run out of other people's math. And so where any of their agenda has been implemented, it has never worked. And when you point that out to them, the socialist will always tell you, well, that wasn't real socialism, right? So East Germany wasn't real socialism. Right, right. North Korea isn't, Venezuela, no matter where. And it's the same with the climate movement. Show me where EV e-buses have been successful. Show me where wind turbines have been successful. And they say, well, that's what Germany didn't do it right. You see, but we will here in Western PA. We'll do it right. Ah, there you go. It works so well in practice. Uh, Sorry, in theory. However, in practice, it's always been a failure. But, you know, we'll just stick to the theory. Yeah, some locally, uh, someone locally uh, responded to to this this, uh, tweet from uh, Summer Lee. By saying, by pointing out that electric buses are actually too heavy for Western Pennsylvania roads, that they 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 exceed the limit. I don't know what those numbers are, but that would that surprise you if that would be the case? 
It does. Well, EVs on a whole are around 40% heavier than regular cars. Those batteries are very, very heavy. Um, And that's a huge problem for roads and bridges worldwide. It's a problem for parking garages. If you've got some of those five- and six-story parking garages, I'm sure they were built exceptionally well. But are they they ready to hold 40% more weight? Uh, are the structural engineers that confident that if we have all switches to e- to EVs and nothing but EVs in those garages, that it will not be a structural problem? What about our bridges? What about our roads, right? It's one of the drawbacks. It's that great Thomas Sowell quote, there are no solutions. There are only trade-offs. Yeah. EVs are proposed to be a solution, but they bring a whole host of new problems, and you have to decide, is that that's a trade-off? Would you rather have one set of problems or the other? I'm sure the American people, if they were given the chance, they would choose fossil fuels any day. They are choosing fossil fuels when given the chance, which is why you have to make regular combustion engine cars illegal, and then they're not given a chance. I haven't seen uh, any questions put to Summer Lee about uh, where the material for all these batteries for her electric buses will come from. Uh, That's not surprising either, and I wonder if she has an answer. I'm sure she does not know that they're made in, in, in sub-Saharan Africa with slave labor. And I'm sure she does not care. That is a totally acceptable part of the green agenda. They were in Dubai for weeks on end discussing climate change and the need to switch to an all-green economy. I don't think anyone spoke about the millions of people who were enslaved worldwide uh, uh, because, of, because of EVs and because of the rare earths that they require. The slave trade in Africa now is worse than it was at the height of the slave trade in the 18th century. Think about that. The slave trade now worldwide is worse than the height of the slave trade of the 18th century. We are tearing down statues of Washington and Jefferson, renaming our high schools, saying that they used to own slaves. But if you really cared about slavery, you'd be angrier now than you would about what happened 200 years ago. But they don't care about what's happening now. So you realize in the scale of wokeness, African slavery ranks below climate change. Climate change is winning. If we were going to have an Olympics or like a March Madness bracket, climate change beats slavery. Sorry, that's just the rules. And you uh, wrote a piece at The Federalists, and we're talking to uh, Daniel Turner, uh, executive director of Power of the Future. Um, You call it green slavery. That's that's pretty much what it amounts to, isn't it? It is, yeah. And it's pointing out that that exact point. I I appreciate you quoting it. It's pointing out that exact point that the slave trade now in Africa is worse than it was at the height of what we know to be the period of slavery. Mm-hmm. And the reason why it's worse is because it's being driven by these demands for minerals and minerals that are found in great quantity in Africa. So unlike past slave periods, we're not capturing slaves and taking them off the continent. We're just keeping them there. Some of them as young as six years old who are helping to make these batteries. Exactly. They are digging with their bare hands for the cobalt that is required in these products. And that is, going back to that great Thomas Sowell quote, that, that is the trade-off. The trade-off is we get rid of fossil fuels, but we need sub-Saharan African slavery. And if you are acceptable for that, if that's fine with you, just be honest and admit it. I can guarantee you that my fossil fuel-driven truck was not made with slave labor. But you can say that if you have the Ford F-150 Lightning. You can say that if you have a Tesla. 
uh, again, that's a trade-off that people have to be comfortable with. I, for one, am not comfortable with knowing that my car has enslaved children in Africa. Yeah, I, I just it's amazing to me, though, and I've seen the pictures, I've seen the videos of these kids. Uh, what a, It's just a, a horrific uh, sight seeing these kids, and they're, they're shoved into these little holes, and then they come crawling out, uh, exactly. co- covered in whatever it is they're crawling around in. And I, I just don't understand where the, the Democrats are on this and, and how it is like a, a guy like John Kerry who has for his entire life sold himself as uh, someone who's deeply concerned about the little guy and the and the uh, less fortunate. And they just yeah. they don't even consider this as part of the uh, a part of the issue. No, they don't. And, and it is the scale of of what is more important in in wokeness. And like I was saying, the climate agenda seems to be beating the slavery agenda on the scale of wokeness. And and they, they show themselves to be these great humanitarians. We're only fighting the climate battle because we're worried about the history of humanity. Well, I question any agenda that to save humanity, we have to punish and condemn to slavery millions of people worldwide, um, especially when those people are the ones who we are told need, need the greatest attention, which are the, the developing nations. And yet we see this happening more and more. And it is driven by the green agenda. It, it's just one of those things you brush under the carpet. You pretend we're not talking about. No one likes to bring up the inconvenient truth of the fact that the green agenda is based upon the African slave trade. So are the people in the green movement, though, guys like John Kerry and, oh, they're everywhere. Um, have you ever seen them even asked about this, asked to justify no. it? I don't think I have. No, and it's one of my biggest problems with the industry as a whole is they never put themselves in positions to be asked these questions. If they do go on the media, they will go on Meet the Press or or something with uh, 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 Andrea Mitchell or, or a friendly who's not going to put them in such a difficult spot. They would never sit down with someone like you. They would never have a town hall conversation with someone like me. They just avoid that. And the reason, the, the way they avoid it is they call us deniers. I'm not going to dignify a, my um, conversation with, with someone like John Steigerwald. He's a climate denier. Yeah. You say, no, I just have a bunch of very honest questions I'd love to ask you. But they never allow themselves to be asked those questions. They are above such scrutiny. Well, and if, you know, if this if this were the other way around, if if it were conservatives who were pushing for electric cars because they were evil and, and because they, uh, they had money invested in it and they didn't care about mm-hmm. the little guy and all that stuff. Uh, if you saw these uh, someone like uh, proposing uh, electric cars on Meet the Press, Meet the Press, they would be confronted with a video of these kids yeah, in the mines absolutely. in Africa, and they'd say, "What do you think about this?" These people are never confronted with it. No, it's, it's a brilliant point, and that's exactly how the media operates. Right? They would have that moment. They would show you the raw footage. They would force you into that difficult conversation. Um, but but when you are the left and your no, your intentions are always noble and your cause is always pure, you are never held to that level of scrutiny. When do it's we... incredibly frustrating. Oh, and, and I'm, I just it would be instantaneous if it were switched around where the mm-hmm. conservatives were for some reason had some kind of an investment in electric vehicles. And uh, and it was they were just running roughshod over the world 
to make sure that they became, uh, you know, they uh, they replaced the uh, internal combustion engine. The, you would, every person in America would know about the mining going on in Africa. Yep. The last person who made such a comment was the comedian Ricky Gervais at the Golden Globes several years ago, where he talked about, you're all going to give awards to Apple, and yet they make uh, uh, phones with sweatshops in China. Mm-hmm. And Tim Cook stared at him dead-faced, and the audience kind of chuckled but didn't really appreciate it. And, of course, Ricky Gervais, being the brilliant comedian, laughed and said, I don't care. I'm not coming back here. Yeah. Uh, right? That's the only time they ever put themselves into that, and probably the last time. They would put themselves in such a situation to be held to the same scrutiny that our ideas and our beliefs are held to. When do, when do we make the move to electric tractors for the farmers? Because the buses are on the way. <laughs> Imagine how heavy those batteries are going to have to be. Woo! That's, that's a huge problem. How about electric airplanes? Uh, heck, yeah. though, we just celebrated a rocket that was sent to the moon. As far as I know, it had no lithium-ion batteries no, on it. I'm no. pretty sure it was all fossil fuels. And that's the other thing, though, that that uh, the number of people who would starve to death if combust- if um, fossil fuels disappeared. Yeah, the, the entire farming industry, the medical industry, um, all of these industries are heavily reliant on. And that's why we can provide so many products at cost to so many people. It has raised our quality of life. It has elevated our dignity. Uh, it has incre- it created tremendous prosperity. All of that is on the line. And they tell us, well, just, you know, wind and solar and EVs. But wind and solar and EVs don't make Band-Aids and laundry detergent and rubber and plastic and all the millions of products that make our life, the, 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 the richness of our life that we currently have in 2024. I got a little bit of time left, about a minute. Are, are you getting, becoming any more optimistic that the tide is beginning to turn here, at least we're the people are becoming skeptical. No, they're all always been. There have always been people yeah. skeptical, but you know what I mean. Like, is it? Are you starting to make a um, a dent in any of this? I think that after three years of President Biden's green agenda, with nothing to show other than more expensive life, that that that's going to slowly that has slowly started to change the tide. Right? We were going. He he announced with a lot of fanfare his green agenda. And if it's not working after three years, and he has to tell the American people, when is it going to work? Is it four years? Is it five years? Is it how much more do we have to wait until the price of eggs and chopped meat and my electric bill become affordable? And since Biden cannot answer that question, he has to pivot to white supremacy and racism and tearing down statues of William Penn. Who knew William Penn was such a country? Show you how dumb this administration is. They thought William Penn was one of the bad guys, as if any of them were bad. But um, So that's my optimism that things are changing, is because the American people are tired of how expensive life is, and the good old days were not that long ago, and they want them back. Well, let's hope. I'm glad you're out there uh, plugging away, Uh, Daniel. Always good to have you on the show. Thank you, John. Always a pleasure. Okay, that's uh, Daniel Turner. He's the uh, CEO, founder of uh, Director of po- and uh, of the of Power of the Future. Sorry, I'll be right back. I think. Well, do uh, Republicans want to be journalists, or uh, do journalists not want to be Republicans? I, I, or it's a little bit of both. Um, whatever the reason, there sure aren't many Republican journalists these days. Syracuse University did a study, and Ken LaCourt, former longtime producer at Fox News, you can find him 
on uh, Substack and YouTube. That's Ken Lacorte, L-A-C-O-R-T-E. He's a longtime producer at Fox. uh, Says it shows that we've seen ideological genocide. And Ken joins us now. Ken, good to have you back on. Thanks. Hey, good afternoon. Good to be here, John. So were you shocked to see the number they came up with? You know, 3.4% was a pretty, pretty low number. So I I really was, to be honest. Uh, The Democratic number, self-identifying number was about 36, 37%. I mean, we've always known that Republicans are outnumbered in newsrooms. But, you know, the the concept that, that it is that small. Now, maybe that was overstated a little bit by some conservatives just being afraid to say that they're conservatives. I mean... You know, you can be fired for saying a boy has a penis these days. So saying you're a conservative in, at the New York Times, you know, you, you're not going to have too many friends there. But, it, you know, it shows you the attitude. And and of course, we see this just every day with with the journalism coming out that, that has just gone from leaning left to flogging leftist ideals in, in defiance of, of reality and, and of, of all sorts. Uh, and, and this is part of the reason for it. There's literally no one in the room to say, hey, wait a second, maybe there's another way to look at something. Yeah, 3.4%, though, that's really the same as nobody, isn't it? I mean, when, you, can, close. when, when you consider yeah. what little chance so few few people could have to really have any influence on what's covered or how anything is covered in, in any kind of a large operation, 3.4%, you don't exist. Yeah, and, and it's happened at the same time that you know, we're starting to see some conservative outlets still rise. I mean, you know, we always had, had Fox, and that was about it on there. We're getting a, a few other small ones on, on TV. We're starting to see some Daily Wire and some, and some, some online news sites with, with conservatives taking, taking, you know, taking up the banner and, and, and finding an audience out there. But it, it still shows kind of how small those successes are in the framework of the entirety of, of, of the media operation that, that we've got coming at us. Um, on your sub stack, you point out the example of Claudine Gay at Harvard and how that was handled. <laughs> it was it was great. I mean, you know, so Claudine Gay at, at Harvard. And first of all, it's, it's you know, I just tell people, it's like, well, you know, why does why does everybody care about about Harvard? Well, they care about Harvard for the same reason that we talk so often about The New York Times. It is seen as the most exclusive, most uh, prestigious university probably in the world, certainly in America, you know, outside of maybe some science things like, like MIT. And things that happen there, it, it reverberates through. I mean, when, when the New York Times decides to act like, like, a, like a, you know, a propaganda mouthpiece for a certain party, that signals to the Cleveland Plain Dealer that that's fine, too. Just like what Harvard does thing, it signals to – Syracuse College or Citrus College of, of this. So when she came out, and we talked about this, I think, before, you know, with this just kind of, you know, our, yes, our speech code says if you accidentally call a clear guy in a dress a he, you're, you're going to be thrown to school. But we're not quite sure about it. You know, it's, it's situational if it's, if it's, you know, just calling for genocide of, of, of Jews and, you know, expulsion from campus. And Watching the media on that was just enlightening. I mean, first they just went after, well, you know, this was this was found by Michael Schellenberger, a conservative, with the plagiarism stuff that that, that came out there. Then, as it turns out, you know, as, as as many of your readers probably know, out of eleven things that she published, 
she had plagiarisms in the majority of them. And, and, and in the academic world, you know, that actually matters a lot. They actually care more about that than they care about, about many other kind of commonsensical things. And, but the AP, so of course, and then they, they had to spin it into the, I mean, you know, we saw Saturday Night Live do a thing mocking that testimony on, on Capitol Hill. And who did they make fun of? Well, they made fun of the, the members of Congress asking questions, not the, uh, you know, not the people, you know, tap dancing around genocide. So this one, once it all fell, uh, you know, they, they were still backtracking and, and blaming racism and this and that. And, and I use the example in there of, of the Associated Press. They, they had a, 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 an article titled, Harvard President's Resignation Highlights New Conservative Weapon Against Colleges, Plagiarism. And so it's like, not that plagiarism is bad, mind you, or that we fire people and expel them from school all the time for plagiarism, but but this is really just a weapon that conservatives are using because they hate colleges and they're, they're using this. And the analogy that I came is, is, could you imagine if Fox News put up the headline after, you know, George Santos was thrown out for out of, out of Congress for lying every time he turned around and saying, you know, uh, liberals have found a, a, a new weapon against conservative lawmakers, you know, compulsive lying. I mean, it, <laughs> it, it was just as re- silly as, as, as that. But, you know. It, it was so obviously silly that it, it, it told you that there was nobody in the newsroom who wasn't outraged that Claudine Gay was pushed out of Harvard and, and somehow grasping at the, but she has a vagina and her skin's dark. And, and there wasn't one person there to say, hey, you know, this is, this is actually a really stupid headline. And so that's what we get. And I almost feel sorry for him in some ways because I talked to some of these elite guys in these, in these newsrooms and they don't understand why their numbers are dropping, why the public hates them. They blame Donald Trump. Well, you know, Donald Trump started calling us fake news and his minions just believed it and therefore our numbers are down. I mean, that, that is the most common one. But it's like, a, you know, a restaurant that keeps serving over salty food and to a marginalized audience who likes that, their audience is disappearing and they don't understand why. They keep pouring the salt. Um, yeah. So, um, so uh, I guess... Uh, um, the most uh, the, the newest example would be we have a secretary of defense who disappeared for four days. How do you like uh, what you've seen of the media coverage of that so far? You know, I kind of wish white people would start doing bad things. Just <laughs> yeah. they don't always have to come around to the same, the, the, the same. I tell you, just as an aside, if Democrats would get their minds just kind of normalized on race and sex things, They'd be having a much, much better time as as a as a party in the United States. So, um, you know, we, we saw this one in the had it happened in another administration, you know, there would have been hearings on Capitol Hill. There would have been it would have been 24 seven coverage. Uh, America abandoned colon, um, you know, the, the House, the Pentagon empty as world sets on fire. I mean, we would have seen that thing here. Here you've got the kind of typical we know which side they're pushing. Yeah, and as you mentioned, uh, the the fact that he's black, I just wonder in newsrooms now if uh, there's any ever uh, there's a reaction now because this comes on the heels of someone like uh, Claudine Gay who was in a prominent position at Harvard, um, where you can't just do the story; you have to go. Oh boy, if we get on this guy too much, they're going to call us racist. So how how, well, how, how tough can you we and be I will, on this? You and I will never do. You and I will never know what's going on in those newsrooms because I don't think they'll let us in there anymore. Yeah, 
But I bet, but is, that has to be a factor, though, right? At this point, because you 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 even if you want to come down hard on somebody like that and demand that he be fired, as they did right. with uh, Claudine Gay, um, it's always out there now. Well, wait a minute. This is yeah, a black it, guy. It, you better it, be careful. It will be interesting to see how if, if that plays out as badly on this. I mean, you know, clearly she did her best to fan that flame. Yeah, yeah. Even in her resignation. I mean, you know, she played that up. Now, I don't know enough about this guy to, to know if that's his style, to know if he was, you know, I mean, it was pretty obvious to many academics that she was there to fill a gender and racial role. I don't know if the, if the same can be said on that, on, on, on this guy. Um, but with her, I mean, I mean, again, it was ironic because it was like that helped her so much to get that that job. But that's just that's just a standard go to defense. And if there is any shred of anything, because you can always find, you know, one person to, to take you that way. And, you know, and according to Bill Blam Blemish in uh, in Ohio, he said it was about time, you know, and then you find the one idiot out there saying something crazy. Yeah. Um, but you know, she really drove that, and and she 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 flogged that horse as hard as she could. It just failed. Which, which you know, we should take some. I think we should take some some small amount of satisfaction, not in, not in somebody losing their job, but a small amount of satisfaction in that the media pushing this false narrative that she was being unfairly targeted and that she was she was not being crazy on campus. The you know, the, from the entertainment people doing it to to. You know, there were scholars who came out and defended her, and they just lost all all sense of right and wrong, but they defended her for political reasons. And yet there was still enough pressure for her to have to step down. That's it. At least says you can't spin propaganda so effectively that you can win all the time. And we're talking to Ken LaCourt. He's a former longtime producer at Fox News, and you can find him at Substack and also on YouTube. Um, so, Ken, back back to my original question here. Do re, do Republicans not want to be journalists, or is it that journalists don't want to be Republicans? Does that question make sense? Yeah, I I, I think that a lot of I think that a lot of Republicans don't want to be journalists, and and that's a, that's a growing problem. Um, you know, we I'm sure when you sit around your Thanksgiving table with your family, you're not super inclined to say, "Hey, I, you know, what, what do you want to be, son? A a doctor or a reporter?" I mean. You know, we, and, and what I don't want to see happen is is, is what happened, you know, on, on the on, on the academic side as well, where where Republicans basically were like, you know what, a pox on all of you. I don't want my, I don't want you know, don't get involved in that whole system, even though it's still an important system. And as much as we might not like the media, they're still the major way of disseminating information from you know from humans to humans on the planet. So I, I think that a lot of it is. Is, is exactly that, that, that people don't encourage their kids to go into that. They don't push that. But, you know, once it gets so entrenched and it's so political, it's not like you could just waltz in with, you know, with a Donald Trump hat and get a job in, in most of these places either. You have to actually kind of play that game a little smarter. Um, you, you're, you're literally going into enemy territory. So you have to kind of pick and choose your battles. You have to be careful about the things you say because you're just going to be an unpopular voice in, in that. And if you want to go from an unpopular, you know, assistant producer to, to, to a, a senior producer, you know, you have to do that carefully. And, and, and I, hope, uh, I hope there are young journalists out there doing that now. Um, with these numbers out there, why should a kid who's not a liberal want to consider journalism? 
Um, well, not to be popular in the newsroom, perhaps, but um, it, it's, a, it's a good profession. I mean, it's fun. It's, you know, when I worked, I worked for Fox News for 20 years. I mean, you're always on top of the most interesting things that are happening on the planet. You sometimes go to places where history is being made literally in front of you. Um, um, and, you know, the ability to say, hey, I actually want to get fair and consider, you know, I was proud when I worked at Fox because we knew we were getting information out to people that they needed to hear that, that, that it was a, a, a more conservative leaning approach to, to news that was 100 percent intellectually sound and journalistically sound. And they weren't going to get from anybody else. And that makes you feel good at night when you go to sleep. Yeah. So I, I, a question, as you said, you, you worked at Fox for a long time. Um, and, and, and so you, you spent some time working in a major news operation. How does management know a reporter's politics before hiring them? Or, or are the you numbers? Know, we, you know, how do they know so, when a guy comes in for a job? Well, this guy's sure, not a Republican. And, and the, the, the answer is you generally don't. Um, you know, you would, you know, these days you would, you would look onto their social media feed and you would look on if they were a TV reporter, you'd look at the reports that they did and not with the eye of saying, is he a Republican or is he a Democrat? But with the eye of saying, is this person like, like putting a, a, a reasonable effort to be unbiased in their reporting? Cause that's what journalists should do, or at least one, you know, yeah. maybe not more 20 years ago, this is what we did. And so, I, you know, I would assume, so I ran, at one point I ran the West Coast of Fox, I, and I, you know, some people put their politics out on the sleeve in, in, in meetings and whatnot, most mm-hmm. don't. I would say about 50-50 of, uh, be, between uh, kind of conservatives and, and liberals in, in my newsroom there. Um, when I ran the, the foxnews.com in, in New York, I would say it was probably... 70-30 Democratic among young people with with probably some more conservative guys being the more senior managers because and, and, and but if you took your hand off that wheel, the, the ship, the ship went to the left. If, if you just like stopped giving giving directions on it. And it was because they were young kids. They were living in Manhattan. I mean, you know, this, this it's not, and, you, you know, you don't want to just go pick people for their politics. You actually want to pick them if they're smart and can write and, 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 and aren't, you know, certainly aren't pushing an agenda, but you know, you, you didn't go out and like try to look for conservatives as much as you tried to find somebody who you thought could do a good job, you know, editing up the sports column on, on foxnews.com. Well, I think a lot of people would be surprised to hear that number uh, that, that the, uh, the young people coming in were so much leaning left. Yeah. And it's, again, it's just a guess. I never like, yeah. That meeting and said, "All right, give me your cards on, on yeah. something like that." But I, I just kind of assumed that the majority of those, and, and it was a correct assumption, that the majority of those younger kind of editor types, writer types, uh, you know, weren't really hardcore conservatives. But you know, not all the positions at, at at a Fox News kind of require a political sensibility too. We had a science section and an auto section mm-hmm. and 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 sports and all and and, and a lot of entertainment. So it's like, I, you know. Yeah. Both the Bernie Sanders, if you're putting together the entertainment column, I really don't care. Um, you know, we had to make sure that we had good and fair people in, in any of the political or social stuff. So. Well, uh, are you looking forward to the uh, the Iowa caucuses? <laughs> no, not at all. I'm done. No. Are you, you're serious? <laughs> I, I can't. There's nothing new. Is there any new ground to be broken anywhere? I, I, I'm convinced. I look at these numbers, and unless God intervenes somehow, I think the, the primaries on both sides are kind of over. 
the, the media will try to convince us that's not the case. It'll be tighter in New Hampshire and, you know, independents can vote in the Republican primary and Haley's gating and what's going on. And Trump said the F word. I mean, yeah. you know, it's going to be all that. But at the end of the day, we could blink and open our eyes and 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 uh, on convention week and we're going to be in the same place, except it'll be official for both those candidates. Again, assuming nobody dies or right. or, you know, something crazy happens. Well, I can't say I disagree with you. Always good to have you on the show, Ken. Thank you. All right. Thanks, John. Good okay. to be here. OK, that's Ken LaCourt. We'll be right back. Well, you know how much the uh, the media love demonstrations, especially when women are involved, uh, especially if it's women who are demanding abortion rights and that kind of thing. Well, the uh, a, a group will be uh, demonstrating at the NCAA's annual convention tomorrow, and there, it'll be women, uh, but it will be women who are trying to save women's sports. Um, this is uh, what's going to happen tomorrow. The, the pr- protesters are going to uh, rally outside the NCAA's annual convention and demand an end to transgender athletes competing in female events. The rally will include uh, Riley Gaines. You know about her. Also, uh, Paula Scanlon. She's, both of them have been on this show. Uh, Paula Scanlon was a swimmer at UPenn and had to put up with looking at Leah Thomas walking around naked, or I should say Will Thomas walking around naked. But... Um, that's the uh, subject tomorrow, and they're planning to uh, maybe disrupt things a little bit. The uh, Independent Women's Forum is uh, in there with, that, with, with the demonstrators, and uh, they're claiming that the NCAA, NCAA is not doing anything to protect women under the new president, who happens to be uh, former Massachusetts Governor Charlie Baker. Uh, this, this stuff, is, this insanity is still going on, and it's good to see that the women are going to be loud and annoying about it. And it will be interesting to see what kind of response it gets from uh, the media, especially the sports media, because this is sports. And everybody knows how woke ESPN has become and what liberals they have running around there. And But these are women who are really upset and they 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 have a cause, and they're they're trying to demonstrate uh, a grievance and trying to uh, make a difference. And the big question is, will anybody at ESPN pay any attention to this whatsoever? Um, my guess would be no, they won't. They'll ignore it. But if it were the other way around, if this were a group that were was uh, trying to. Uh, promote women playing in uh, men's sports or the the uh, the freedom of transgender women to be able to participate in sports, ESPN would be covering it. We'll see what kind of coverage it gets. I'm going to try to get somebody on tomorrow to talk about it. They, I may have a little problem because they'll be busy demonstrating, but we'll see if we can do that. But uh, I'm hoping they succeed, and I hope they get some attention for it because it's uh, long overdue. And Riley Gaines, by the way, is a superstar. I'll talk to you tomorrow. 
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.